0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello. Excuse me. Oh, hi, guys. I've not recorded a podcast in two and a half weeks. I don't know. I, I don't remember the last time I posted. Whenever I recorded <laughs> The Last Feathers in My Hair is the last time I recorded a podcast. And it was really hard for me to start recording this episode. I also like my semesters done. So I've been really good throughout the semester of recording Feathers in My Hair. Because I knew I had to like study most of Saturday. So I would wake up and record and usually be done around 2 so I could spend the rest of the day studying. But now that I don't have to study, my ne- well, I'm taking a winter class that starts, I think on the 14th, so in like two weeks, and it's a condensed class. My school has like a long winter break, so you can take a winter course. Uh, I'm, it's just one class, so I don't know how much studying I'm going to have to do. But I am on winter break, I guess, until then, and so I don't have like anything that I have to get done today except for this podcast which meant that it was really, really not easy for me to start recording this. Um, So off the bat, first thing I want to talk about is I am once again doing USPS Operation Santa. I have adopted three letters as of now. Um, One from, where's my phone? I don't know where my phone is to talk about this. One from, okay, I found my phone. One from a girl named London. She's asking for LOL dolls and some winter clothes. So I am boots. So she's the first one that I adopted. Uh, The second one, I want to read this letter because I think that this is really indicative of what is going on this year. So it says, for those that don't know, USPS Operation Santa is people write to Santa via USPS and then you can adopt their letters Um, this year, it seems like they've gotten adopted really quick. I got these three on the first day that they posted letters. I'm glad I logged on that day because letters haven't really been posted a lot. Well, no, they've been posted a lot. It doesn't seem like there are that many. And I just saw today they're asking for more letters. Uh, the other thing that's hard about USPS (laughs) Operation Santa is that most kids are writing to Santa, right? Like they're, This isn't um, like an adopt a family type program where they like specifically list out every member in the family and they do all their clothes sizes and their shoe sizes and stuff like that. So a lot of the kids are asking for iPhones and PS5s and MacBooks, which like fair enough because that's what they want and they're writing to Santa. They're not acting like they're writing to a charity organization. They're just letters that are being sent to Santa. But then, you know, USPS has done a decent amount of uh, advertising for this. So there are also people that write in and that London girl, that London girl, London, the first girl I adopted included her clothes size. I was, um because I did this last year, I was pretty purposeful with who I was picking and I made sure to pick people that had like specific things listed and that would be easy to ship Um, because you do have to pay for your own shipping. Although last year, the lady that helped me at the post office didn't know what she was doing and so I didn't have to pay for shipping, which is great because I had allocated a pretty decent chunk of change to pay for it. So I was able, I donated that to um, a local domestic violence shelter. So that was great. But I wanted to make sure that like I'd be able to ship everything easily. Wouldn't be a crazy amount of money. Like when I saw that, I I was like, "Oh, I want to adopt this. But their thing is a Barbie dream home. (laughs) And the thing with USPS Operation Santa is that this is very anonymous. So what happens is USPS uploads the information and they give you essentially a QR code and that QR code contains their address. So I don't know anything about the family except for like the general area that they live in, that's it. Like the state or I think I think last year you could see the city they lived in too. I can't totally remember, but I'm pretty sure you could see the city. So you can't like get stuff on Amazon and have it shipped right to them. So everything has to come to me first. So I was pretty purposeful with picking people that had information clearly listed and stuff that I could not easily buy, but stuff that I could buy and ship that would make, that would be like, but I don't want to say easy to ship, but it, yeah, that would be easy to ship. So that was London. I really liked her letter because she asked for books, LOL dolls. She listed her clothing size and her shoe size. So I thought, great, I can do that. I'll probably also send along a, a Visa gift card for her parents. That's what I did last year with all of the families I adopted. Okay, so this one I really definitely wanted to read. I believe her name is Lysandra. Lysandra. Uh, I can't read. I can't read it. She signed it. The name is on the package thing that they send you, but I can't read it on this. Okay. So Lysandra says, Dear Santa, I lost one of my two jobs of 20 years. This year, due to the pandemic, the company closed its doors nationwide with no compensation to any of us employees. My second job is as a transportation for a school, a school district. It's part time, so I don't get quality for even pay. And unemployment only pays $123 per week. Um, I'm out of work a whole week. Sorry, I'm, (laughs) I'm like, uh, like zooming in so I can read it. And I think I just missed a line. Basically, she's making $123 per week. She's having trouble paying her bill. She is a school bus driver. And she's worried that the school isn't even going to be in uh, session after Thanksgiving break, so she won't even be able to have any job. And she has three kids, four kids, three kids. She has her son, who is 17. She has a niece that lives with her that's also 17. And then she has a four-year-old stepdaughter. And I, what I really liked about this is that she wrote about the things she'd like and she said, my niece and son both like to shop so gift cards would be good for them because they're just normal teenagers. I really, like, I think on a lot of these things people just went little kids and teens definitely get, like, lost in the sauce of this. And I really like the, I I, I appreciate that she was like, can you just send gift cards because they want to be able to shop? And that's true. Like, I don't know what these 17 year olds, you know, kids will... Kind of wear anything, but I like that she just wanted to have gift cards for them. And then she listed some stuff with clothing sizes that she wants for her stepdaughter. So I am going to be sending gift cards to the niece and the son. I'm going to get stuff for the daughter. And then for mom, I'm going to send a large gift card for. Her. I also adopted a girl named Bonnie. I don't know if I took a, a screenshot of her letter. I don't think I did because I adopted a little later, who basically, let me find it. Okay, here's Bonnie's letter. I'm pretty sure she's a teen-ish. She wrote her own letter and the handwriting is good. It says, "Dear Dear Santa, this is Bonnie. I've been good for Christmas and I've been taking care of my mama and I hope she feels better on Christmas. And I've been wanting for Christmas. All I've been wanting for Christmas is tablets or smartphone. Merry Christmas. So I adopted Bonnie because that's a straightforward one. And I'm going to be getting her a tablet, which is something I did last year. And last year, I don't remember how much we've raised, but we raised quite a lot. I was able to send a lot, including uh, pretty significant gift cards to the parents as well. Last year, we bought a girl a laptop, (laughs) a real laptop, like not a Chromebook, a real laptop. We bought a tablet for somebody else. Tons of clothes, and I say we oui because I raised money via this podcast, and I am doing that again this year. I posted this on Friday morning, and as of Saturday evening, I've raised eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> I cannot believe it eighteen hundred dollars. So, one, thank you so fucking much to everybody who's already donated. It means so much to me. Two, if you are interested in donating. Uh, you can send me a Venmo or Cash App amount to Bentley Liz One. Uh, feel free to contact me on Instagram, or if you look on Instagram, you which is feathers underscore pod. I also list my PayPal email address. So Bentley Liz One on Cash App or Venmo, you can just send me the money one dollar, two dollar, anything that you can send is very much appreciated. I definitely this year. I hope to be able to adopt one more family. I've been checking USPS for like another family to pop up. I would really like to adopt at least one more family. But if not, I want to be able to send pretty significant gift cards to that second family. Um, I would really ideally like to, I mean, I would like to first actually what I would really like to do is send cash, but they specifically ask you not to send cash. So I guess I will send gift cards. But they I want to be able to like I want those teens to be able to buy stuff. I want them to be able to buy clothes. I want that mom to be able to buy stuff that she needs. And I think the best way to do that is to give people money. <laughs> Obviously, the best way to do that. So I definitely am really excited about how much we've already raised in for people that are listening that are like, I don't know, it's easy to donate to this because then you <laughs> like It's a good way to donate to get involved without really having to get involved. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to wrap presents. You don't have to go to the post office. But if you are interested, if you look up USPS Operation Santa, if more letters go up, I definitely suggest adopting a family of your own. And, yeah, I'm really excited to partake in this again this year. And I really just appreciate the support of the community. I think I'm going to put in $200 my own money. So, I mean, that means we're at $2,000 already and yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy that we can do this. So that's it for USPS Operations, Anna. If you want to get involved, I'll put in the description my uh, information so that you can send Venmo or Cash App or PayPal. Actually, I'm not going to put my PayPal link in the description because that's my email address and you can go on Instagram and find it. But I'm just not going to put it in the podcast description, but I will put the Venmo and Cash app in there. So, yeah, thank you all so much to everybody who donated, and thank you if you are considering donating. I really appreciate it, and it was really fucking awesome last year to be able to help so many families, and I really am excited to partake again this year. I did all of my Christmas shopping and Hanukkah shopping. I finished it, um, like after around Thanksgiving weekend so that I would be able to just like fully concentrate on this it's a whole thing I have a spreadsheet like (laughs) I'm really excited I bought some really cute lol dolls already well they're not that cute because I don't think lol dolls are cute but stuff that I think that she'll really like London will really like so I'm definitely excited it's super cash I have to remember so I'm going to buy a ton of stuff from Old Navy I have a ton of super cash so I'm going to do that and yeah that's it okay should we talk about Teen Mom Oh, big news. Ashley's on Teen Mom, too. I know that I said I was pretty sure it's between Kayla and Ashley. And um, when this was posted on The Ashley, she said that it was between two of the t- uh, Teen Mom, Young, and Pregnant girls. And so I'm pretty sure it was Kayla and Ashley. And they decide to go with Ashley. And here are my thoughts on this one, cool. I mean, I like A- Ackley. I like Ashley. I like watching her storyline. I like that her and Barr like each other. <laughs> Like, her and Bart hate one another sometimes, but I think Princess said this, like, at least they have chemistry. They're one of the only couples I feel like that have ever been on Teen Mom that I'm like, oh, they're, like, really best friends. They really enjoy spending time together. I like watching them. I hope Shen pops up. I just think it's interesting. Bart seems like he's doing pretty well. I believe he passed his GED, which is really great. I'm really proud of him for that. So I am definitely interested in Ashley joining the cast. I think I said that I thought it would be Kayla because her storyline is a little more similar to Chelsea's and that Ashley was the heart of Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, which I still believe that Ashley is the heart of Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. And as far as Teen Mom Young and Pregnant goes, I think it's going to suffer a little not having Ashley on there, but I'm sure they'll figure out what to do. They're probably going to hire a new girl would be my guess. Once again, I think they're going to probably pull someone up from the new 16 and Pregnant season. I still think the two Madisons should be on... Teen Mom Young and Pregnant I think they'd be really good additions so I will see what Teen Mom Young and Pregnant is like without Ashley I really do believe she was the heart of the show but I think she'll be good on Teen Mom 2 I'm ready for her to be on Teen Mom 2 however let's just all laugh that this absolutely proves that Ashley was never asked to do Teen Mom 2 when Chanel left and she turned it down do you remember this when it was announced that jade was getting put on teen mom 2 ashley was like they actually asked me first and i turned it down because i love my show and it's like bull fucking shit <laughs> bullshit this is Team mom young and pregnant is the farm league and Team mom og and Team mom 2 are the majors and nobody's saying no to the majors like get out of here ashley <laughs> Obviously, she didn't turn it down because now she's willingly joining. So I'm happy for Ashley. You know, it's a real come up. Like, I love Team Mom Young and Pregnant, but let's be honest, like, it's the farm league. It just is. So I'm pretty excited for that. I think she'll be a good addition to the cast. I, like I said, I'm not upset to see Chelsea go. I'm not upset to watch her building her home. Oh, God. To not watch her build her home. I just, I'm really, really ready for them to be gone and I'm excited that they're bringing up someone whose drama I know and like. So yeah, Ashley, welcome to the stage. We're glad to have you here. I I wonder if Kayla's mad. <laughs> Apparently, they were also talking to some other MTV star that has young children. Basically, like Cheyenne pulling in someone from another franchise, but I don't know who that would be because I don't know who's on MTV though. <laughs> The only MTV thing I still watch is Teen Mom. I would assume it's probably another challenge person, which actually I wouldn't have been like totally opposed to. I really don't care if these people were teen moms or not. I truly don't. I know Cheyenne gets so much cheap because she wasn't even a teen mom. But like, who cares? (laughs) Sorry, I know some people care. If you care, that's fine. I just don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me that you were a teen mom, as long as you have an interesting storyline and drama. Like, what do I care? What do I care if the baby was born when you were 16 or 22? I really don't. So, yeah, that's that. I think Ashley will be a good addition. I think it's probably for the best that Kayla's staying on Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I think that, I think it makes sense. Either, it had to be either Ashley or Kayla. And I think that it makes, like, I get why they picked Ashley for sure, I would also imagine that they were seeing like this when they were filming, like who had the better footage, which I think is probably pretty smart. And I would assume that's what they did with Jade. I'm sure it was between Jade and Ashley and Jade just had better footage. So they picked Jade. And yeah, that's it. We're in full blown Corona times on Teen Mom, which. Can they like when I saw that there was going to be an episode next week, I was like, (laughs) oh, Like, they need to wrap this season up. I am really, really done with Corona season. By the way, I figured they would be off last week (laughs) because of Thanksgiving week. And not only were they not off, but they played two fucking episodes. But thankfully, almost nothing happened. Um, We did see Jeremy and Leah talking about the abortion and their divorce. But that's really it. Nothing, nothing is going on because we're in fucking lockdown. I hate the self-filming. I really don't like it. It's not I I just don't like it. I don't like them talking about COVID. I <laughs> It's too fresh, I think. I think the issue with reality TV is I'm not interested in reality TV. Dealing with things that affect me personally. I think that's what this COVID stuff comes down to. I like reality TV because I like to see slices of life that like don't reflect my life at all. And I like to see how people that are different from me that live very different from me live their lives. Like that's what I like in reality TV. And Teen Mom definitely provides that for me, which is why I've always liked 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom and why I started watching in the first place. And I like and it's the reason I don't like Chelsea anymore, because it's like she just lives like I I can call up one of my girlfriends and talk to her and her life is Chelsea's life. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say it's my life because I don't have four kids and a husband, but her life is very accessible to me, I guess I would say. And that to me is not interesting. And so watching them deal with covid, it's just like I can't I the last thing that I want to watch is people in lockdown. The last thing that I want to watch is people not treating COVID seriously. Like a lot of them are absolutely not. I love Brie was like so fucking that guy that she was keeping a secret. And she's like, well, every night after Sel goes to sleep, he comes over. Not in the house. Like what? So you fuck in the car? <laughs> that doesn't make it better. I also thought it was interesting that Roxanne doesn't seem to be a COVID truther at this point of filming. I don't know if she is now because I don't look on Roxanne's Twitter because it's too depressing. But Roxanne is a hardcore Trump supporter. And so I was surprised to hear her say like Florida was the last to close and the first to open and sound kind of like this is ridiculous about it. I was surprised with that. I definitely was surprised with that. So, Yeah. COVID, I don't, I don't care for it on reality TV in any of the shows. Like I just, it's not, I think it's just not interesting to me to see how the teen moms deal with COVID, especially because, and I really noticed this this week. Well, I guess with last week's episode, which I watched this week, but you see it again this week that it's very obvious, like who out of these moms lives in the regular world versus who lives in the normal world, or excuse me, the regular world versus the teen mom world. And you can tell by whose lives are really affected by COVID and whose aren't. Um, Leah's life looks exactly the same. Like, yeah, Leah definitely has a little more restrictions because of Allie, but like, she didn't lose a job. She's not worrying about money. Nothing in her day to day has seemingly changed at all. Like, yeah, she had to cancel her book party or whatever the fuck that was. But for the most part, nothing in her life seem, has seemed to change. Chelsea and Cole, their lives are totally the same. Weird transition here, but I realize I forgot to say we'll be right back after a quick break. So we'll be right back after a quick break. Kale, nothing's changed because they don't have normal nine to five jobs. You know, like they don't they don't go out in the world the same way that the rest of us do. So lockdown for them wasn't really an issue as far as like work and living. It was pretty similar for them because it didn't, especially Chelsea, who doesn't seem to leave her house that much or see people that much. I think for Chelsea, it was really more of the same. And Cole hasn't worked in quite a long time. I know people think, I've seen some people be like, no, he still works. Cole absolutely has not worked in like two years. Have you noticed they, because if you watch older episodes, they talk about Cole going to work all of the time. In almost every episode, it's mentioned that Cole's Cole's at work. And we have not heard that in like two seasons. So Chelsea and Cole, like what's that different about their lives? I guess especially, well, I guess Aubrey may doing e-learning at the end of last year was new for their lives, but they're home all day anyway. Their little kids aren't in daycare. So it's like more of the same. They just go and drive on the property that their house is being built on and annoy the people that are building it every day. Imagine how fucking annoying it is to be like a construction crew and Chelsea and Cole are there every fucking day, like walking around and like examining what they're looking at. <laughs> that would really, mm mm. That would really drive me nuts. So their lives haven't changed. But then you see on the other end, Jade and Bree, who are really affected by Corona. Like if you listen to Leah and Chelsea and Kale, they're like, all this Corona stuff going on. <laughs> Because that's really what it is. Like, their kids maybe can't go to the same activities. Their kids are at home for virtual learning. But besides that, like, as far as their income and their work, it's really hasn't changed. Now they just have to film themselves. But for Jade and Sean and then Bree and her family, like, they've had major differences. Bree's job shut down, I think. I don't know if she was on unemployment or if she was working from home, but I think she was on unemployment. I might have just missed it in an episode, her saying either way. But Brie and, she, like, her kids couldn't go to daycare into their activities. And Brie needs them to go there because she works. Uh, Jade and Sean, Jade had no money coming in whatsoever. We see it with Devon. Devon is still majorly struggling because he works in restaurants. You know, as soon as Devon, like, got his shit together and got a car and was, like, actively working a lot, COVID hit. <laughs> so these people are being really affected. And I guess... Their storylines are a little more interesting, maybe, like a little more interesting, because at least there is something that they're dealing with, I guess is the way to say it. Like, at least they, (laughs) this is so, but this is why we watch these shows, right? Like, at least they're struggling. (laughs) I feel like an asshole when I say that. At least they're having problems, (laughs) But that's the truth, right? That's why we watch this fucking show, because we want to watch people struggle. This is not an aspirational show. This is a struggle show. And that's why watching Leah, Chelsea, and Kale is like, okay, I really don't care. But I guess it is interesting to watch Jade not be able to go to work. By the way, did anybody else catch Episode Jade is cutting a woman's hair, and they're talking about the kids being in school. And they keep using the word socialism for socializing. And I was watching this and not taking notes, obviously, because I'm not going to recap this ep- that episode for this week. So I was, I only pay half attention when I am taking notes and I pay even less attention when I'm not taking notes. I was like playing Animal Crossing or something and I heard socialism and I like so I like peeped up because I was like oh are they gonna like talk about politics like Jade and this lady and then I realized what they were talking about. And realize that, nope, they were not talking about politics. They just were trying to say socializing. Because they were talking about how kids, like, how virtual learning is really hard for them. Because it's like the worst, all they have now is the worst part of school. Which I, I agree with. Virtual learning is really tough for a lot of kids. Because they just have school, the boring part. boring part, And they don't get to see their friends or do their activities. And she's like, yeah, you know, just the socialism. It's like, they're really missing out on the socialism. <laughs> That was really good. (laughs) And I know I misspeak all the time. So this, like, please, I used the wrong word probably 1,800 times a podcast. So this is not me being like, what a fucking idiot. But it was just funny to me as, like, somebody that was barely paying attention and, like, my ears pricked because I was like, oh, cool. Like, I want to hear what Jade has to say about politics. (laughs) I don't know if Jade has posted about politics. I think she's posted some shit like... I shouldn't have to speak on this. I'd be pretty surprised if Jade voted. I think I looked for her in the voter rolls in Indiana and couldn't find her. But I'm also not totally sure what county she lives in. I think that's what happened. She doesn't, there doesn't seem to be evidence that she uh, supported Trump or voted for Trump. I think Jade is like firmly in a me no care when it comes to politics camp. And I would not be surprised if she had some, like, QAnon leanings, right? Because she's exactly that demographic that, like, sees that Save the Children shit and is like, yeah, why isn't the media talking about this, ignoring the fact that she doesn't consume any news? (laughs) I actually am really deeply disturbed about the QAnon stuff. I don't know if I've talked about it here But I've posted uh, stuff in like my personal Instagram stories and on Facebook about how I'm really, the QAnon stuff really bothers me. It really, well, of course it bothers me. It really scares me because I'm seeing people share QAnon stuff that I know don't believe in QAnon. Like they, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the letter Q Anonymous. QAnon. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should definitely pause this. Go look it up because it's a major conspiracy theory that basically believes (laughs) that Trump is saving the world from pedophiles. Mm -hmm, That's what they believe. And that there's this whole thing. It's based on this guy that was calling himself Q. Nobody really knows who it is. It's this whole thing, okay? So it's like crazy, crazy, crazy alt-right conspiracy theories, super anti-Semitic, super, super, super anti-Semitic, very like the Rothschilds uh, control the world's money. Which, by the way, if you don't know that that's an anti-Semitic trope, which I think some people don't realize that because they don't really think about what it means in the greater context when you say like the the Rothschilds own all of the money in the world, um, you're not just criticizing a wealthy family. What you're doing is um perpetuating rumors that Jewish people control all of the money. That's why like the Rothschilds get so much attention for this when they're really not the richest family at all anymore, you know? <laughs> like it's why they get a lot more heat than somebody like Bill Gates or well, I guess Mark Zuckerberg is Jewish, but that's why their name has always been so prominent in this, like, New World Order, like, conspiracy theory is because they're a wealthy Jewish family. Anyway, QAnon is very anti-Semitic. It's racist. It's awful. So, And it's really, like, crazy right-wing to the point where even though we are living in a post-fact America, which worries me for a whole different reason, um... Most most rational people, even, like, most Trump supporters would not buy into this QAnon shit, right? Like, no. But what QAnon has really been able to do is capitalize on the feelings of, especially white women, wanting to help things and, like, share things on social media to help, but, like, not actually look into anything or do any sort of, like, actual activism like besides sharing a post so I'm seeing these people that I know in real life that I know are not probably not even Trumpers a lot of them and a lot of them like definitely are not conspiracy theorists right like I'm seeing people that I know are like normal and rational share this save the children shit without realizing that what they're doing is sharing like QAnon stuff and that if you look into it a little more you end up starting to research QAnon stuff. And that really, it really scares me how they've been able to capitalize on that. And how did I get here? Oh, Jade would be a QAnon person. Yeah, so you're always seeing, you know who really posts a lot of this stuff? Nate's girlfriend, Ashley. And they're like, always like, why isn't the media talking about this? 35 children were rescued from human traffickers caught in a trailer and nobody's even reporting on this. And then you do one single Google and you realize actually, Every newspaper is reported on it. It was a pretty major news story. It just didn't happen the way that the memes are saying that it happened. So I, I, it just really worries me. This is so fucking off topic. (laughs) Jade. Jade is a QAnon supporter, probably. But why am I saying this? I don't really know. Oh, socialism. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, so that was funny. Anyway, I don't care at all about how most of these people are dealing with Corona. I would really just like them to shut down filming and I would just like them to cancel the show, I guess. <laughs> I'm really not interested in this reality TV covering COVID. I, no, 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 no. I don't like it. Okay, let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, who should we start with? I guess we can start with Kale. Oh, one thing that I did want to talk about from last week's episode with Kale was her not letting Isaac stay at Joe's house. Because apparently, uh, what's her faces? V's parents, her family and Joe's mom, were coming in to stay for a week, a week that Isaac was not at Joe's house. And Isaac asked Kale if he could stay and Kale said no. Now, if you'll remember, Kale thought that Isaac should be able to decide when Isaac comes, stay like Isaac should be able to decide himself whose house he's at. Joe said no to that. And whatever, fair enough. And now Kale is like, we have to stick to the custody schedule. Her reasoning for not letting Isaac stay there is because if she let Isaac stay there, that he wouldn't be able to see his brothers for three full weeks. Mm, we remember when she went to Hawaii for a full month, right? (laughs) We all remember that. I was like, Kale, come on. Come on. When she said that, I was like, that is such a load of shit. Get out of here. Also, like, why did it need to be a full week? Why couldn't he just stay with his dad for like three extra days? Also, two weeks at a time he goes to Joe's? I guess because it's over summer. I thought they were week on, week off, but maybe in the summer they do two weeks at a time yeah, they must. They must do two weeks at a time in the summer because that was why she wanted that extra time uh, for Hawaii because she got two weeks with him. It's just a mess. Like, this is why, of course, Joe wants to stick to the custody schedule because he knows that when it comes to Kale's time, she's not going to let Isaac choose. (laughs) She just wants Isaac to be able to choose when he doesn't want to go to Joe's, but she's not going to let him stay at Joe's longer, which is why Kale's truly the most frustrating person on this show. Kale is so frustrating. Somebody on Reddit actually said this in a comment that I thought was really great because I said something about like, um, Kale has a lot of self-awareness in hindsight, which is why it's so frustrating because she doesn't do anything to change her behavior. I've always said this, right? Like Kale will get on her podcast and like perfectly explain a situation that happened and every single thing that she did wrong in it. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's exactly right, like that's you're totally right. and then she doesn't like actually apply any of that self-awareness to her behavior going forward. and that to me is why she's so frustrating because somebody like Janelle or like Bree or Leah, like when they do stupid stuff, I don't find it as frustrating because I just think that they're pretty dumb and don't have a lot of self-awareness. But Kale is not dumb. I think Kale is pretty intelligent as far as like emotional intelligence. I think Kale used to be a hard worker. I think Kale has self-awareness to an extent. So Kale I find really frustrating because it's like, I think that you can do better and you not doing better drives me up a fucking wall. (laughs) It's like you just want to shake her and be like, just use this awareness in the moment. And somebody commented that she thinks that Kale is aware in the moment, but Kale is so impulsive that her impulsivity overrides that awareness. And I was like, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. At one point, as we all know, Kale was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and says that she doesn't have bipolar disorder, which maybe she doesn't. But I would imagine her impulsivity probably went into that diagnose partly diagnosis partly. I know that my impulsivity can be really bad. I definitely relate to that. Um, I noticed since getting back on medicine for ADD, I don't, I don't think I realized like how impulsive a lot of my behavior was until I went back on medicine because I suddenly wasn't doing a lot of things that I have been doing for the last six years and was like, oh, <laughs> Ooh. but I think Kale is such an impulsive person that she is not able to, really like think about her actions at all before she does them she just like has to do them and it's another reason why I I think Kale would really benefit from seeing a psychiatrist to talk about this with I just think that like her impulsivity is so frustrating and it must be frustrating for her because when you listen to her talk back about it You know, after it's happened, like, she seems remorseful. She seems frustrated with herself. Like, I think Kale has a lot of self-esteem and confidence issues. And that's kind of why she has such a big ego. You know, it's that thing where you compensate for having such low self-esteem with having this, like, insane, out-of-control ego. And I think that's what Kale does. And I think that Kale would be much happier if she could get this stuff in check. Because there's no worse feeling than when you have awareness and you do something really bad and then you have to live with it. <laughs> that sucks. Like someone like Janelle doesn't have that. I don't think Janelle has the capacity to really feel bad about it after the fact. I think that she's like, oh, well, that sucked. And maybe she'll cry about like how it affected her Um, you know, like the video she did about losing the kids, that video series, she'd be crying on that. And like, I believe that she's really crying, that it's not fake tears, that she's really crying, but it's more about like how she feels people are looking at her, how she feels that people are attacking her, how her kids were taken away. It's more like she's upset that the kids were taken from her than the fact that her children are in the system, if that makes sense. So I think that Janelle definitely doesn't have that. And Kale, I think, like, does have that awareness. And I think she feels bad about herself a lot of the times because of it. And it really sucks when you don't have control of your behavior and then you have to live with the consequences later and you feel bad about it. So I definitely feel for Kale there and I really hope that Kale going forward, like, decides to get further help. Like I, I don't know if she ever will though. She got arrested for hitting Chris and apparently this is not her bottom. So I don't really know. Okay. On to Kale. Oh, she has Creed this episode. I thought it was nice. Here's the thing. You're not going to get me um, shitty on home birth. I, my best friend has had four babies at home. I've actually done like, quite a lot of research on home birth. I don't think I would ever do a home birth. And I do think that there are inherent risks to home birth that does not happen in the hospital. And that's probably why I would never do a home birth. I wouldn't be interested in doing that. But, you know, I am not going to shit on somebody else for doing a home birth. I do remember Kale saying that she saw quite a few OBs that told her not to have a home birth. So, that's scary, but I do happen to know that the midwife she uses is, like, extremely respectful, respectable, and, like, well-known because, uh, Min- Mindy, <laughs> Mandy, who's probably listening to this episode, my friend Mandy, worked for her at some point or worked in for another midwife, but she, she spoke for this woman and she was like, no, her reputation is like rock solid. She's really respectable. She's great. Like this isn't some quack. Like she's a certified midwife. Like she wouldn't be seeing Kale if she didn't think that it was safe. So I thought that made me like, okay, that's good. Um, Kale does say in this episode that things got scary, which I'm curious as to what that means, that things got scary, but I am... Happy for Kale that she had this baby. Do I think it was the best idea for Kale to have a baby at home? Like, probably not. <laughs> I think in general, home birth can be really great. But I think that if you share that multiple doctors have told you not to do one, then you should really consider that. But if she went to a reputable midwife, which she did, and the midwife felt confident that Kale could have a safe home birth, then I'm not going to override that. I also think that people should... um. I don't know. I just can't stand people that are, like, home birth should be illegal and, like, so anti-home birth. But I also can't stand people that, like, believe that there should be no medical intervention whatsoever with, ho- like, in home births. And, like, have babies without certified midwives, like, Duggar style. You know, where they just have, like, a doula there and, like, midwives that have no training. Like, I don't think that's good either. I think I believe in a happy medium when it comes to this. And also, I've never given birth and I might not ever give birth. So, I don't know, but this is not, you're not going to find me shitting on home births here. Uh, That's, that's not for me. I also like, you know, with the last baby my best friend had, I was there, she had the baby at night and then I was able to get there the next, like that afternoon and it was really special that she was like at her house and the kids were there and the baby was there and she was relaxed and she was up and walking around and it was really great for her. Also, Kale... I understand probably why she felt a little more pushed to Home because Kale doesn't get epidurals and has had three babies without epidurals. So I can imagine that if you're already not having epidurals, that like you feel probably a lot more comfortable having a baby at home because you're delivering without, I would say one of the major reasons to deliver in a hospital is an epidural, right? Like that's why if I ever have a baby, I'd be delivering in a hospital because I don't ever see myself delivering a baby without an epidural, ever, 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 (laughs) that I cannot imagine me ever having a baby without one. But if you're already having a drug-free birth, I can definitely understand why you feel like a little more inclined to do it at home. And I can definitely understand why people are choosing to have home births during COVID. Like, I get it. It's scary. It's, you know, it's really hard. My coworker is eight months pregnant right now, eight and a half months pregnant. She's really pregnant. She's going on maternity leave in like a week. And she was saying that she did like a virtual tour of her hospital. And it's just that she had a baby a couple years ago. This is her second. So she's not as, you know, she's not as worried about it. But she's like, it's really weird. She can only have her husband there. She has been working with a doula through this whole pregnancy. And she's like, Pretty upset that the doula can't be there. She's like, we're gonna have her on FaceTime. (laughs) But like it's really hard. I get why people feel worried about having a baby at a hospital during COVID. Poor Maria, my friend that just had a baby last month, said she puked in her math, her mask during delivery. (laughs) Like that's awful. Having to give birth with a mask is I definitely feel for people that are making that choice. Um, so this whole episode is just basically about Kale having Creed. I think Creed is her cutest baby that she's ever had. That baby is so fucking cute. Uh, they take, uh, pictures. The last pictures they're taking is a family of four. They take so many pictures. I think in general, just pictures are more popular now than they used to be. Like I think that with the advent the adventure, the invention of the digital camera, like getting professional photos done is more accessible, I guess, because I I would imagine that maybe packages are cheaper. I don't know. I feel like so many people I know do family photos like multiple times a year. And I don't remember knowing anybody like that growing up. Like there are definitely people who got family photos done and you would do the Christmas card photo or whatever, but not, like, every birthday. Like, I'm telling you, I know people are getting, like, four professional photo shoots a year, which is crazy. We did one photo shoot as a family as a child. My mom h- hates getting her picture taken, which is probably a big reason that we didn't do these. And my uncle had gotten us a gift card to, like, a photo studio for Christmas. So we went, and it was, like, such a weird picture. We're wearing blue polo shirts and khakis. <laughs> That's another thing that's gone away. I've noticed the matching outfit photo shoots. We're all in blue polo shirts and khakis, and we got one picture from that framed and hung it in our house. It's the only framed picture of family that we had in our house. We did have, um, in the living room, there was also, like, a frame photo of my grandmother and her father. I think that was the only other framed photo in our, our house. My family's just not big on family pictures, so I always find, like, people like Cale who get so many fucking pictures done to be confusing. Like, we have a ton of pictures from my childhood because my dad loves to take pictures, actually. My dad is, like, a hobby photographer. I I feel like that's actually a little too overstated for what he does, but he has a nice camera and he loves to take pictures and he takes a lot of pictures. And we, like, digitize all the family pictures. So we do have, like, quite a few pictures from when we were kids, but they're, like, mostly candid photos. My dad is obsessed with taking a candid photo. (laughs) Like God, God help you if you are ever near my dad, like opening a present because like you'll turn your head and notice he's like taking pictures of you without your knowledge. And you are like sitting in position where like your whole stomach is rolled. Like you can see every chin under, like you are in the worst place. You're like, can you stop fucking doing that? My dad is the king of taking like unapproved photos of people. You, like, turn around and he's, like, snapping pictures of you like a fucking paparazzo. It's so crazy. So we have a ton of pictures. We just didn't do these professional ones. And I do remember I did have friends that their families did, like, regular, regular family pictures. But it was usually at a studio. You know, they would maybe get, like, on vacation. They would all take a picture together. But it wasn't professional. So, yeah, I just am, like, very... I mean, it's nice. Like, I don't even say this as a negative way because especially there's this one photographer that operates, that operates, that works in my beach town. And like a lot of people use her for multiple family photos a year. And like, she takes beautiful pictures. <laughs> like she, like my friends that are, they're barely my friends, but like the people that I know that do this, you know, they're my Facebook friends, like old co-workers and kids like people I grew up with as a child. Like the pictures look really great. And so I'm not even like another family photo shoot because the pictures look really good. And I understand why people want them. I just think it's an interesting, I guess with the age of social media, it makes more sense to like have so many pictures because like, what would we have done with four family photo shoots a year? Put them in an album. Like there were there wasn't, like, a reason to take so many pictures as kids, right, when we were kids. Because what were you going to do with them? Now you can put them on Instagram and Facebook and people can easily see them. I definitely get, now that I'm talking this out, <laughs> I definitely get why in the age of social media, pictures matter more in general. I think we all know that. Like, there's, you know, there's a million takes on that that I don't need to get into. I don't really care if people love to take pictures of themselves and post them online. That's not something that I almost ever shit on. Um, so I guess I can understand why the appeal of getting so many professional photos done now, because like you do have somewhere to post them and it's nice to have them. Yeah. Where would we have put family pictures? If you're a person that got a ton of family photos done in the 90s, and I'm talking like multiple pictures a year. Where did you put them? Like, I know I would go to some people's houses and they would do they did family photos every year and like they would have them on their wall. excuse me, I was thinking of one friend in general, like, every year without fail. And they would do, like, just their family. And then they would do, like, her whole mom's extended family, like, pictures like that. So they would frame them and put them on the wall. And it looked really nice. But, like, that, you know, it was done at the studio. They didn't do multiple ones a year. I don't know. I guess there's, like, that's why people do all these pictures again. Wow, I am really not talking about Teen Mom today. (laughs) you know people say that like in my iPod my iPod reviews my Apple reviews people are like and she always laughs at her own jokes like what's up with that and it's like what's the point of living if you don't laugh at your own jokes that to me is like the weirdest criticism I get that people don't like this podcast because one I'm like too serious about everything totally fair two I spend A lot of time not talking about Teen Mom and talking about myself. Totally fair. And three, like, I am super left-wing and that turns a lot of people off. Fine. What I really don't get is people being mad that I laugh at my own jokes. Like, I don't, that's something I don't get. Like, do you not laugh at things that you say? It's not like I'm over here losing my mind, like, hysterically scream laughing at things that I say. But, like, it's funny. (laughs) If I'm, if I'm saying something that's funny, like, why wouldn't I laugh at it? I feel like that's what humans do. If you say something funny, you start to laugh. I don't know. That's, if, if you never laugh at your own jokes, then maybe I'm, I'm the standout person. (laughs) But I don't feel like I've ever been bothered by somebody laughing at their own jokes unless they're not funny. So maybe that's actually the issue is that they don't think I'm funny. Now that I'm really talking this out, that's clearly the issue is that these people that don't like to hear me laugh don't think I'm funny. So they're like, why is that dumb bitch laughing? Which, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. If you don't think someone's funny and they're laughing at their own jokes, that is probably fucking annoying. Fair. Totally fair. Okay, so... That's it with Kale. Like, nothing really happens. Oh, except that she called Chris in the heat of the moment. And Chris came. And remember beforehand, she's like, I'm not putting Chris on the birth certificate. He won't have anything to do with this. But of course he did. Of course she gave him the last name, Lopez. Of course he's on the birth certificate. I do think it's weird when, like, she... I, I don't think it's right for her to leave Chris off the birth certificate I guess she would do that because she knows Chris is pretty lazy and probably, like, won't go to the effort to, like, get his paternity established. Because if he's on the birth certificate, then he has to prove paternity in the courts, which means that he would have to pay to get a DNA test. Like, that would all be on him. So I guess that's just, like, a petty way of making it harder. I just feel like if you know who the child's father is, it's kind of not right to leave him off the birth certificate in most situations. I guess there are situations where it's fine. Like I'm not saying you should give the baby his last name or that he should automatically get like 50-50 custody with you. I just think it's kind of weird as like an act of vengeance to not put the father on the birth certificate if you know who the father is. But I guess everybody has their reasons. I've never been in that situation obviously so I don't I don't know, but if, with Kale especially, I guess I'll just speak to Kale. When she says shit like, I'm not putting him on the birth certificate, you know it's just like petty bullshit, and that's why I find it to be like, okay, that's fine. Uh, Chris's arm was on camera. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Did you notice his arm was on camera? And all of the ba- the boys love the baby, of course, Creed is so cute. He, that baby is so fucking photogenic. Ugh, he's so cute. I am happy for her. I like to watch people be happy. She did put something on Instagram that was like the newest cast member of Teen Mom 2 joins this week. And so many people on Reddit were like, Ugh, that's all she sees him as. Like he is only a cast member to her. He's just a storyline to her. And it's like, oh my God. Something that I really hate is that I feel like all humor is lost on some people. <laughs> like, come on. It's just a cute way to announce your baby. Like, I'm sorry. Kale's not having babies for storylines. I actually don't believe that anybody on Teen Mom is having babies for storylines. I really don't. I think that they, Kale's having more babies because she's in a dysfunctional relationship and she's impulsive and has sex without using protection all of the time. So that's why she's having more babies. I don't think that like oh this will be good for my storyline comes into most of these women's heads because like they don't get fired for having boring storylines this isn't the real housewives I could definitely see some real housewives having a baby for a storyline or like getting divorced for a storyline cough cough nini leaks or getting remarried for a storyline cough cough nini leaks like I could definitely see that happening but I don't think so much that the teen moms think in aspects of storylines because they're not on the chopping block, right? Like, teen moms don't get fired unless they're Farrah or Janelle. Like, you only get fired for doing something really bad and getting a lot of bad press. And even then, like, maybe not if you're Amber Portwood. So I really don't think that most of these women that are on these shows, on the teen mom shows, maybe the teen mom young and pregnant girls a little more just because that cast does seem to be a little more rotatable. Like, you know, R.I.P. Lexi, who, by the way, got engaged to Kyler. How sad is that? I Kyler produces such a visceral reaction in me. Every time I see a picture of Kyler, I am, like, mortified by him. I am mortified for Lexi every time she posts about how much she loves Kyler and Kyler loves her. I'm mortified by the posts that he makes that really seem like Lexi wrote them, they're tough. Also, it's like okay. This is this rude? I'm not like over the moon excited for someone when they get engaged when they already have two kids together. It's like, yeah, you're already a family. You guys live together and you have two children together. Like, cool, you've gotten engaged. That's rude, I think. But it's my truth. It's my truth. That like if you have multiple children with someone, like I'm I'm not gonna be like shocked and over the moon surprised and excited that you get you get engaged. That's just like making your family legally binding. Well, your family already is legally binding. It's making, like, your finances legally binding, basically, in that case. And, like, you can get on each other's health insurance. You're already actively living as a married couple. Um, Common law should be a thing in the United States again. Why did they get rid of that in the United States? Did you guys notice that almost no states in the United States allow for common law marriage? Uh, a lot of them still allow for, like, grandfathered in common law marriages, where if you were common law married by a certain year, they still recognize it. If you don't know what common law married is, it means that you're not married, but you present as a married couple. You've lived together for a certain amount of time and you call one another husband and wife and you live as married couples and you tell everyone that you're married. You just never legally got married. So Lexi and Kyler, like obviously team mom young and pregnant, they care a little bit more about (sighs) storylines. But I don't think anybody on T-Mom 2 or T-Mom OG cares because the show is so boring. They clearly don't. Also, the baby bonus is not real. If you guys don't know, for a long time there was a rumor that if these people had more kids, they would get bonuses. I don't believe that to be true. It was never proven. A lot of people, such as the Ashley, have denied it. I don't think it's true either. I just don't. I don't think so. Maybe they're having baby storylines in like season three. But by season eighteen hundred, which is where we are, I don't think so. So Mazel Tov to Kalen and her family for the birth of baby Creed. Okay, let's talk about speaking of babies. Chelsea, Chelsea is pregnant again for the fourth time. You know, Mazel to her. She's like, well, if we're gonna be home all the time, like we might as well have another baby. And I am like, you are you are home all the time anyway. What does that mean, Chelsea? <laughs> You're always at home. doesn't mean anything. We also, in the last episode, we found out Chelsea was ovulating, and that her and Cole went and fucked and then self-filmed themselves being like, we just made a baby. We made a baby. There's a baby in me. I'm like, oh, God. I find Chelsea and Cole both to be so asexual to me that, like, anytime I have to think about them having sex, I'm like, ugh. Ugh. I I am not interested in the idea of Chelsea and Cole having sex. Not for me, thanks. No, thank you. I'm sure they actually. I would I would bet they have like a very regular sex life because Chelsea and Cole love each other, right? Like. That's what it comes down to. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Like, Chelsea and Cole are in love. Now, do they, like, go overboard on Instagram with Smoke Show Wife? Like, yeah, of course. But, like, they really love each other and they seem pretty happy. So, I'm sure they have a healthy sex life. I just don't need to see it on Instagram or on Teen Mom. I'm not interested in that. I'm just not interested in that. But this whole episode is about Cole getting a COVID test. I truly do not care about this. (laughs) Unless they actually get COVID and then they have serious symptoms and like something interesting happens. Like I don't need to watch somebody get a COVID test and wait for the results. Also, here's the funny thing about COVID tests. I've gotten three COVID tests now. Um, Two of them just like to be rapid tests to be on the safe side, you know, because testing's a good idea. You should know if you are negative or not. But The first one that I got was, like, the brain one, like, where they really, like, shoved it up there. And I remember being so scared. It was over the summer. You guys remember I thought I got COVID. I kind of still think that we had COVID. It's just very weird that my mom and I got sick at the exact same times with the exact same symptoms. (laughs) But I don't know. We both tested negative. So I would be curious to see. They might even be gone now. I wonder if I had the antibodies at one point, though. But... When I got that test, I remember being like so scared. And then she did it. And I actually started to laugh. And I was like, here's the thing. I'm in recovery for a drug addiction, but that just felt like doing a line. (laughs) She, She started to laugh too. Like doing a COVID test, if you haven't done one, right? Like if you haven't had a COVID test, but you have snorted drugs, like that's what it feels like. It feels like when you do like a bit too hard of a line or like you didn't crush your pill up all the way. So it's like still, it's still, um, bulky, I guess. It's not like a smooth powder. God, TBT to that. Um, that's what getting a COVID test is like, like doing a bad line or like way too fat of a line. You're like, really, that's what it is. I saw a TikTok the other day where the person was like, Like he, the doctor, you know, was like, wow, you took that COVID test well. And the guy's like, thanks, I do cocaine. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been saying. It's just like doing drugs up your nose. So if you haven't had a COVID test and you're scared to get a COVID test, but you have put a lot of things up your nose, like I have, then you'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. It's just uncomfortable, more than painful. And even the one that they like really like stuck all the way up my nose because the rapid ones, they call them shallow tests. So you only have to put it like... Up to like the bridge and then like twist it around for I think it was 15 seconds, maybe even shorter. But with the up your nose, like the all the way up the nose or the doctor does it one, like it didn't touch your brain. I guess this means Cole doesn't snort drugs. That's good. Of course, Cole's never done a line of anything. I would be shocked to find out Cole ever did a line of anything, but it was fine. I just remember being so scared and then laughing about it and being like, oh, <laughs> okay. That's what that is. (laughs) I don't miss snorting drugs. (laughs) Oh God. Oh my God. When I was like really deep. So I like never really shot heroin. I only shot it once. Actually, my ex-boyfriend like shot me up once and I always had really bad veins. Like I've always had bad veins. You cannot find my veins. When I go to get blood work done, they almost always have to take it out of my hand because they can never find veins. It's such a mess. Once I had... Um, I was in the hospital for something and the doctor or the nurse, I mean, hit the foot whatever they're called, person who was doing the IV hit my vein wrong. Like when he came in, because I always say this, I'm like, just warn you, it's really hard to find veins. And he actually said to me, he's like, oh, there's no such thing as a hard to find vein. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And what they were doing was I had an IV drip in one arm. So they were putting in another IV so they could just like get blood for testing without having to take out the IV drip. And so he tried to find it once, twice, and he goes, oh, these are hard to find. Finally, on the third time, hits it, and I was like, that's not right. And he was like, what? I was like, that doesn't feel right. That's not right. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's fine. So it, like, it wasn't like you were just getting blood work done and then it comes out. It was stayed in there. I'm, if you're not into needles, this is not a great conversation, But it was in there and I kept being like my arm really hurts like this doesn't feel right. And finally after like three hours they agreed to take it out and my entire arm for afterwards turned black. When I'm telling you I had a bruise from my wrist to my elbow like on the inside of my forearm. It was black. It was the craziest thing. It, It hurt so bad. It was so ugly. Like all the doctors would come and be like, oh my, or the nurses and be like, oh my God, what happened to your arm? And I was like, you happened to my arm. So I always knew I would never be a IV drug user. Like I, I was like that, it would just be a mess. Like I always knew it would be a mess. And my ex-boyfriend, like I'd started to use and I was snorting it. And so once I let my, I don't even know how this happened. I let my ex-boyfriend like shoot me up. But the reason that, not the reason we only had like a little bit left it was like off a cotton ball basically so it's like a cotton ball shot it's like when you're smoking resin out of your bowl for comparison so I and he did it in my hand he had to do it in my hand I think we had always joked before I started doing heroin that he would be able to shoot me up and I was like no you won't and so once I was like okay you can you can do it like do it now and I remember him being like there's It's just a cotton ball hit. I was like, that's fine. I just want to see what it's like. And he couldn't get on my arm, of course, because you can't shoot my arm up. So he did in my hand and it didn't really feel like anything because it was a cotton ball swab, which I think looking back, like, (laughs) thank God. Right. Because like, I didn't really feel any more fucked up at all. I don't think I like felt anything from it because there was like no dope in it. So it didn't really do anything for me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And so the next day, shortly, I must have been the next day. He went to cop, and I I stayed at his house. And I remember I was taking a nap on his couch for some reason. I don't, I don't know why I would have been on his couch and not. We were in his basement. Oh, at that point, at one point, we were basically like living in his parents' basement, even though I had my own house, my own apartment. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I know. And I guess his mom had taken the bed out of the basement at that point because he wasn't living there anymore. He was living with me. And I, so I was sleeping on the couch and I remember like he went out to cop and he came back and he like woke me up. And I remember looking, you know, like he's standing over me when I'm on the couch and I like looked up at him and he was like, okay, you need me to hit you? And I was like, what? He's like, do you want me to shoot you up? And I was like, what? He was like, don't you want to shoot up? And I was like, no. He was like, what? I was like, no, I don't want to shoot up. He's like, but you, you shot up yesterday. Like, don't you want to shoot up? And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) And so I just never did. I just never did it again. And thank God. And I really think what saved me was one, knowing that I would be a really, really bad IV drug user. And two, the fact that I didn't get high that first time I did it, because I'm sure if I'd gotten really high, I would have been like, yeah, I want to do that again. But because I didn't, I just like never became an IV drug user. Why did I get here? Drugs knows, right? So I always snorted my dope. I mean, I think eventually if I, I was in rehab like eight months after I started using that. So I think if I would stayed out there longer, like I, I eventually would have started shooting up because that's what you do. Like if you are using heroin for long enough, like you don't stay snorting it for that long. Like you just don't. And I, that, that would have happened to me. I'm sure of it. But because I got help pretty quickly, it never happened. But I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have like I could not breathe. My nose would be so stuffed up. <laughs> I would have to do flonase like in the middle, not flonase, like saline stuff in the middle of the night just so I could get back to sleep because I couldn't breathe out of my nose at all. Ugh, it was so awful. Also, whenever I used to do coke, I think I'm like allergic to it a little bit or something, because I could always do it the first night, and I would have fun, and I would do it all night, and then I would get an instant sinus infection. Like, I get really bad sinus infections anyway. I have a sinus infection every day of my life. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Probably 320 days of the year, I have, like, pretty bad sinus pressure and pain, and I just push on my like under my eyes, the bone under my eyes, I just like push on it all day long and like press hard on it, trying to like relieve the pressure. And sometimes it's like full blown can't keep my head up. But usually I have like a dull sinus headache at almost all times. Like I had one today. I had to take a nap today because it was pretty bad. Like I I always have a headache. It fucking sucks. I have chronic allergies. There's nothing that can be done for it except for the flonase and Zyrtec I take every day it really sucks. I'm allergic to pollen and the pollen here is really bad. So I, I think that's probably why I got, I would be so bad with Coke, but I would do it like the night, that night. And then the next day, if we still had some, I would like try and do it again. And my nose would just be like so closed up. I couldn't do it at all. I wonder how many people have been like, turn this off because they're like, I just really don't want to hear Liz talk about doing drugs. (laughs) Fair enough. If that is the case. I just – sometimes it's, like, fun to talk about drugs because I don't talk about this in my day-to-day usually, really. Like, I have nothing – it doesn't come up in my life because drugs really have no part of my life at all. At all, at all. So there's nothing really to talk about. But, yeah, doing a COVID test is like doing too big of a line. That's how we got there. I really, like – I just don't care watching them uh, take their COVID test and, like, waiting for their results. I'm like, Okay sure, that's fine. Did they get it and have bad symptoms? Because if not, there's absolutely no suspense, I guess. Because I'm like, well, yeah, I know they were negative. And I can't like get in the feeling of like how scared they were because like we're still in it. (laughs) Okay, so Leah has the girls in Activities. Leah's like at this point still pretending about how serious she is about COVID, but she is sending the girls to activities where the girls, especially uh, Gracie, to cheerleading where they don't have to wear masks. Did you guys hear that in the last episode or two episodes ago when Leah goes, Well, the kids there don't have to wear masks, but my kids are going to be wearing masks? So like, Guess what, Leah? <laughs> that means your kids shouldn't be going there. Like, if you care about your kids wearing masks, don't send them to a place where the other kids aren't going to be wearing masks. They're going to send the girls back to school, which like, I, I get it. Um, I've really come around. I think in the summer I was feeling a lot more self-righteous about people should be keeping their kids home from school. But I now see, which is shitty. I shouldn't have even had an opinion on it because I'm not a parent, but I really did think like, parents that can keep their children home should because there are lots of kids that have to go to school. They don't have a choice and we should make it as safe as possible for them. That was really my thing. Like if you had the ability to keep your kid home, I thought that you should because then the kids that have to go to school because they don't have a parent at home with them during the day and are like at high risk for stuff or have like learning disabilities and need to be at school can be there with less kids in the school and it's just a safer environment for everyone. But now I totally get like why, I don't know, for whatever reason, I see a lot more like how difficult on everyone virtual learning is and how it's really, really hard. And I also understand like, we feel so far away from an end to this. Like, yes, the vaccine news is good. I'm going to be getting the vaccine. I hope you all will be getting the vaccine. I don't think enough Americans will be getting the vaccine for it to be very effective, unfortunately. I'm really worried about that. They're saying that 70% of the population has to get it, and I would be really surprised if they could get more than 50% of the population to get it. Um, I think, one, so many Americans don't go to the doctor, including me, unless they're sick. So, like, where will I even get a COVID vaccine? I mean, if they have it at Target, I get, that's where I get my flu shot. I, like, go to Target for my flu shot. But, like, I don't have a regular doctor because my health insurance is such garbage, and so I just don't really go to the doctor. And I think that a lot of people are like me. So one, they're not getting any shots anyway because they don't have a doctor. And two, you know, the anti-vax movement has been really strong here. Three, I think that we live in like a post-fact America, which means that people do not trust any news sources anymore. And so they do not trust that this vaccine is safe and they do this thing where it's rushed and we don't know the results of it and the long term effects of it, which definitely is a concern. Like, I'm not saying like you're an idiot for being worried about the concerns of the long term effects. I totally get that. I get why it's a concern. But I also think that if you look into it a little more, you'll see that vaccines actually don't take that long to make. The they, the reason that vaccines take so long to get approved in modern day is because they're basically, they need money for funding for the studies. Like, that's why it takes so long to develop vaccines. And with COVID, like, they've had all of the money and all of the time and the best minds together, all focusing 24-7 on making this vaccine. The results have been really great. I keep comparing it to Gardasil. If you guys remember when Gardasil came out and the mid-2000s. I actually never got Gardasil because they said we, like, my age bracket was too old for it. I think I was 17 when Gardasil came out. I probably should have gotten it because I've slept with a lot of people. And I, I mean, I don't, I've never tested positive for HPV, but, like, I probably should have gotten Gardasil. But at that time, they were saying, like, uh, teen, like, teen girls and up shouldn't be getting it. But do you remember, like, People losing their fucking minds over Gardasil and wouldn't let their kids get it. And part of it was like that it was STD related. So they're like my child won't be having sex. Um, That was part of it. But they were like so convinced that it would be dangerous and that they didn't know the long term effects of it. And surprise, it's now been 15 years and Gardasil is safe and has been really good. And HPV, cancer that you get from HPV is really scary and deadly. So, like, Gardasil, good. We like Gardasil. Pro for Gardasil. So I do remember, like, that. And I feel like this is very similar to that. And I understand why people are hesitant, especially, um, like, when you already don't trust the government. I understand especially, like, why uh, black people are hesitant about it because the government has not proven themselves to be trustworthy when it comes to healthcare and black people in America. Uh, the Tuske- Tuskegee syphilis experiment, for example, is... Like, I get it. I get especially why certain groups have, like, a large distrust for this. But I also, like, I really hope that people will come to trust it and get the vaccine. And I hope once a lot of people get it and they realize they're not really having negative effects, more people will get it. But I say all that to say that I understand with virtual learning and not being in school The fact that like this doesn't have an end date, and like yeah, now they're saying like oh well maybe by next summer everyone will be vaccinated, but like I don't know. So I understand like why people want to have their kids in school because this is our new normal for who knows how long, right? And I definitely get like if this is the new normal, then you want your kids to like be living as normal of a life life as possible, and I I get that. I think it's pretty reasonable. I I definitely understand that. So Leah is sending the girls to school, but not Allie. She's sending Gracie and Addie to school, but they're not going to send Allie to school, which, okay, I don't, this I don't really get. I get not sending Allie for sure. For sure. That's a good idea not to send Allie because, you know, with her muscular dystrophy, they just don't know what it will be like if she gets COVID. I think that's a safe, responsible choice, I'm just a little unsure as to why they're sending the other girls if they're that concerned. I, I don't really get it. I don't really get, like, if they're really concerned, like, why would they be sending the other kids who could get exposed and then they're going to, what, quarantine the other kids away from Allie? I mean, I guess they could send uh, Allie away to, like, Corey's house while the other girls quarantine if somebody at the school you know, like, if, if somebody at the school is COVID and the girls get exposed, they could be bringing that home to Allie. I don't know. I guess it's just a hard balance of, like, they're really trying to figure out what is best for their family. And they know they have to keep Allie home. But I understand not wanting to keep the other girls home. I just, the logic isn't all there for me, is what I'll say. I will say that I was really uh, happy to see that Allie seemed fine with it. I was worried about, Hallie, Hallie, about how Allie would feel. Considering her sisters were going to get to go to school and she wouldn't. But she was seemed happy with it. She was like, I like virtual learning. This is good. Um, and then the episode ends with them actually not even being able to start school because their county is in the red. Uh, however, they definitely did start school. So maybe the county got out of the red before that. I don't know. Who knows? But Allie being home, I'm glad they're keeping her home. I just, and I'm glad that she seems okay with it because. You know, it sucks that Allie doesn't get to do a lot of stuff. So I felt for her there. I I don't know. I just, it's like, how serious are you taking it if you have your kids in sports and the, like the other kids going to sports and sports practices where not everybody has to wear masks and activities and school? It's so crazy to me to think there are places where not everybody's wearing masks. Pennsylvania, my area Pennsylvania, I should say. The suburbs of Philadelphia, which are in general like... I wouldn't say they're very liberal, but it's a liberal-ish place, right? There are a lot of Republicans, but not Trump Republicans, you know? They're like Barbara Bush Republicans, if you will. So there aren't that many, like, crazy COVID truther anti-maskers here. And so, and we have a really uh, pro-mask, pro-science governor, thank God, Tom Wolf. And we've been wearing masks since the end of March or whenever they made the first mask mandate in Pennsylvania. And like, I never see people without a mask. And I I'm out and about pretty often because I work outside my house. Um, so I go to the store. I'm like not as concerned about being out because I already am out at work at my work. We all wear masks all the time. I work in a really small office office and we all have our own offices, our individual offices, so we just, like, don't really go into each other's offices. We wipe stuff down after we use it. And if we are outside of our individual office, we all wear masks at all times. Like, you don't leave your office without your mask on. And nobody in our build I've never seen a person in our building without their mask on, except for idiot me sometimes when I'm the only person left in the office. Sometimes I'll accidentally leave without my mask on. So, because if nobody else is in the office, which is pretty, not, it happens pretty often that I'll be the only one in the office So, in every morning I'm the first one there for like an hour. So I don't wear my mask, obviously, if I'm the only one there. And so sometimes I leave and go in the hallway without remembering to put it on. But in general, like everybody's always in a mask. I never see people at the store without a mask ever. I honestly don't see people with their, I very rarely see people with their mask pulled down uh, below their nose, like very rarely. I was one day at the mall, the, there's a big mall by my work and I was there, I like walked through the mall. It was awful. I was like, oh yeah, I hate in-person shopping when I can't touch stuff and try stuff on. I mean, I think at some stores you can try stuff on, but I wouldn't try stuff on, on now. I'm not doing that. So there were, I definitely saw more people without their masks on, um, there than I have, Like at Target or Walmart or the grocery store, but in general, like people wear masks here. I was, my friend was telling me that where she lives in Virginia, she went to Walmart and she's like, I felt like no one was wearing masks. And I was like, wow, that's crazy because that's not the case here at all. So when I hear like Grace say that, or what's her face? Leah say that like not everybody's wearing masks at her activity. I'm like, what the fuck? because everybody's wearing masks here, at the gym, everywhere. Like you have to wear a mask everywhere and I just can't imagine that not being the case anywhere. I also am wondering like, if masks are gonna stay in style after this, like during flu season, I'd be cool with that. I don't mind wearing my mask for the most part, except one day I was in, I went to get my haircut in Ulta and I was waiting for my time in my mask. I was so hot suddenly and like my mask felt so thick and I was like, I cannot breathe. And I was, like, going to die. Thankfully, I had a lighter mask in my purse. I have, because I keep, like, three in my purse, one at my desk, three in my car. I have a million masks. Buy masks on Etsy, by the way, is, like, my favorite fucking thing to do. And I pulled out a lighter one. But that's really the only time I have a problem with them is when I feel too hot. But, yeah, I, Leah, it's, like, you're half doing the right thing, which is kind of always how I feel about Leah, right? Like, Leah's very much a person that I feel like half does the right thing a lot of the time. Okay, let's talk about Jade, who, Jade and Sean, man, first of all, they scare me. I'll be honest. I think I've said this before. Like, Jade and Sean worry me because their rage goes from nothing to so high in such a second. And I never understand what they're even fighting about. It doesn't seem like they're... Ever fighting about anything, and that really freaks me out. I am really scared by couples that are always like, like they're always, I can't aggressively fighting over nothing because it just escalates so quickly. So there's this like moment where, well, first of all, Christy's back around. She's like, I think my parents are sober, and I'm like, probably not, bitch, but apparently. They trust Chrissy to take Chloe. This is where I, like, have a lot of issues with Jade. I have a lot of empathy for Jade. I really do because I think that, I mean, we see Jade's mom. She is horrific. We know Jade's biological father killed himself. Like, I, Jade has a lot of issues and I really have a lot of empathy for her. And I think all things considered, in general, she's done a pretty good job. I think that even if Jade wasn't on Teen Mom... Like, when we first met her, she was in her own apartment with Sean and she was working waitressing. Like, I think that Jade is a lot like Kale in that aspect that, or Kale was, where I think Jade is a hard worker. I think she's done pretty well for herself considering her life. Um, And I get, I I get that, but when it comes, and I do get that it's like really fucking hard to change family dynamics, and I get that it's really hard to, like, have perspective, I think, on your family, but where Jade loses me is letting her kid be alone with Christy. Somebody did once comment, like, Jade probably is fine with Chloe being around these drug addicts because she does drugs too, which I, yeah, I think that that's probably true, but when I know that, like, Jade is letting Chloe go to Christy's hotel room by herself, I can't really understand that. I just don't really understand that. And I I guess I understand when it's out of desperation a little more. Like, she has to go to work and nobody can watch the baby. But, like, for this episode, she's just having her over there so her and Sean can go out. Not even together. <laughs> oh, God. So... At one point, Sean and Jade and Chloe are outside and they're talking. And Chloe's just like being a baby. She's running around and she keeps climbing on the table. And Sean is like, dude, stop. Dude, stop to the baby. And then Jade is like, you know what? You're both pissing me off. And Sean like flips on her. He was like, what? We're both pissing you off. She's the one that's doing it and you're not helping me. You need to parent First of all, it was a very weird reaction because, and this ties into the fight they have later, the way Sean defends himself, it sounds like he's talking about him and his friend. Like, why are you blaming me? I'm not doing it, mom. He's doing it. Not me. Like, Chloe's a baby. (laughs) It just seems very weird to only be featuring Chloe, like, to be like, she's doing it, not me. But then when he's like, you're not even helping me parent, I don't know. The two of them, I just don't like it. I don't like it. And when he was like, being like, dude, stop. It was too aggressive. And then later in the episode, they have a fight because Jane is having her, is going out to an outside bar. She says four times, outside bar, outside bar. And she, Sean goes to the store to get her 1800 tequila, to, or Yeah, they don't have Patron, so she got 1,800 to pregame with. Okay, fine. And then Sean comes back, and they start having a fight. And I truly could not understand what this fight was over. Her friend was there, so it made it extra awkward. And suddenly, Sean's being like, okay, mom okay, mom. And she's like, don't fucking say that. Don't call me mom. And he's like, well, don't act like my mom. And then they have a big blow up over nothing. Like, I can never understand what Jade and Sean are fighting about. Those two are miserable. They're miserable. Ugh, God. Imagine, like, being in Jade's life and, like, every day she calls you and she's like, I hate Sean. I hate my parents and you're like yeah fuck them and then the next day she's like Sean I love Sean so much my mom she helps me so much I hope that Chloe is really able to break the cycle of her family I don't think Jade has it quite in her I think that as far as like parenting goes and like being there for her child she's obviously going to be leaps and bounds better than her mom and I think this is very similar with Kale right like Kale is doing a lot better than her mom but she's still fucking up in a lot of ways but at least like she does do stuff for her kids and I think that's going to be the same with Chloe so hopefully Jade can or excuse me so hopefully Chloe when she grows up that she can do a little better okay let's wrap it up with Brie who guys before I watched this episode, I saw a lot of talk online about how Brie was wrong with her fight with Devon. I cannot fucking wrap my head around anybody that's on Devon's side. I ca- I do not get it. Devon looked, especially in this episode, terrible. Maybe before this episode, I could a little bit understand it. Devon looked so fucking bad in this episode. I am so confused as to how anybody is on Devon's side. Anybody. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Devon is a fucking asshole. He's a bad father. Devon is a deadbeat. Let's go over this. I think Devon really benefits from being off TV in his worst years, right? And Brie is not perfect. During this time, she was like at one point living with her boyfriend and Nova was living with her mom. That guy Shock, I think was his name. Shaq shock I think it was shock he ended up like posting revenge porn of her I definitely think that like Brie is no angel this is not like me being like go Brie I think Brie is a great mom I think she is perfect I think Brie has a great budget I don't think Brie overspends like my thing is I don't think Brie really factors into this (laughs) I really don't like I I don't like that people give so much credit to Devon because they don't like Brie But, okay, back to my original point. I think Devon just really benefits from being off-air for so long, right? Like, the worst of Devon's years, he wasn't on TV. So there's one point for Devon. Second point is Devon is handsome. He's cute. I think Devon is cute. I mean, not when his, like, beard is scraggly, but when he's groomed well, I think Devon is quite handsome. And three, he's very mild-mannered. I feel like this is the first episode that we really watched him, like unleash on her and, like, really be an asshole. We really don't see him, like, flipping out at people a lot, I don't think. We don't see him screaming at Brie. Like, we have the one episode of Roxanne jumping on the bench, (laughs) which will definitely never not be funny. But for the most part, Devon is very mild-mannered, so I think it's easy to, like, Devon. I also think that there's a lot of racism around Brie's family. And I had somebody on Reddit say this week, like, so they're racist against Brie, but not Devon. And yeah, in this case, I will say that here's why I think this. I think that the majority of Brie's segments, obviously, are focused on Brie. Devon, in reality, is not on the show Almost at all, right? We get tons of episodes without him. Even the episodes where he's featured, it's for two minutes. Like, we don't go, we don't follow Devon around. Like, we really don't see Devon's life uh, a lot. We really don't see it. So I think that because the majority of attention that Brie gets is just, like, her segment gets is just her, I do think that a lot of the times the audience is subconsciously judging Brie in a racist way i do like the way that they talk about how the fact that they call her and her sister and her mom the coven the fact that they get a lot of shit for living together even though there's like it's very culturally normal in latino families for people to live for multi-generations to live together there's nothing wrong with them living together i think that a lot of the hate for brie comes from racism i do And the reason I don't think it's applied to Devon is because I just don't think Devon's on the show enough. And I think if Devon was on the show enough, people would be racist towards him because people are fucking racist, right? So I think that Brie gets a lot of hate. I think that the amount of hate Brie gets is not proportional for her actions, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, is Brie that much worse than somebody like Leah? (laughs) I don't think so. And even at Leah's very worst, like not nearly as, like, I don't think Brie is anywhere close to as bad as Leah. People just seem to hate Brie, so they want to be on Devon's side. So in this episode, Devon is supposed to be, Devon has a car, and he is supposed to be picking up Nova from school and taking her to gymnastics. And Brie calls Devon, and she's like, okay, so you're gonna get Nova, right? And he's like, or he texts her, and he's like, they talked about child support payments, whatever. Devon's thing is that he doesn't want to pay for stuff that he had no decision in making. And I'm assuming he's talking about, like, gymnastics and stuff like that. But that's not what Brie is asking him for. Brie is not asking for $1,000 a month. She wants $250 a month. What is that, $75 a week? Like, She's not asking for very much at all. So this is where I have no sympathy for Devon and I don't really understand why anybody can be on his side because as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't fucking matter what Brie is spending. It doesn't matter. Her finances have nothing to do with this. What happens is that Nova lives with Brie 24-7. Brie is the main and essentially only parent of Nova. Does Devon see Nova? Yeah, yeah. I would say what Nova and Devon do is they hang out. Nova and Devon hang out, right? Devon also, like, by the way, was barely in Nova's life until MTV came back. And then remember the first two seasons that they were on? He was still barely in her life. He would pop up, like, once a month. Do you remember at one point Devon was fucking homeless? So the DeJesus women let, let him live on their couch and he still didn't do anything to help with Nova? Like, Devon does not parent Nova. He hangs with her occasionally. I guess at this point he was like regularly picking her up from school, which is great. But Brie asking for $250 a month is nothing. It's nothing as far as like how much it costs to raise a child. The fact that she's asking for such a low amount like is very fair. And what she spends on Nova and like Nova's activities actually doesn't factor into this. Because let's be real, like that $250 a month is probably like not even enough to cover the amount of food that Nova eats a month, but like, if you're a real good budget chopper, sure. Like that, like that, two hundred and fifty dollars a month goes to like food, as far as I'm concerned, and like maybe help, uh, help with the electricity bill because you know Nova lives there twenty four seven, and so like child support going to electricity is totally reasonable because Nova uses that electricity. Two hundred fifty dollars a month is nothing. It's nothing. I remember when uh Jeremy and Leah broke up. I'm pretty sure Addie or I'm pretty sure Jeremy pays her over 1200 I think like $1200 a month for Addie. Now Jeremy makes a lot of money, but $1200 a month is reasonable to me for a child, for child support when the per- when the primary parent is with that child almost all the time as Leah is. I think Corey was ordered 800 a month at one point for the twins, like 250 is fucking nothing. And so for Devon to throw fit over that, it it's so unreasonable. It's so unreasonable. And the other thing is everyone's like, so if Brie wants child support, why doesn't she just go to court? And like, yeah, I get it. Should Brie go to court and get court-ordered child support? Yeah, I think so. I think she should. I think it would benefit everybody for her to do that. But the reality is, and I get what she's saying, she's like, why should I have to take time out of my life, hire a lawyer to get him to do what he's supposed to be doing, which I agree with. And if Devon wants to have a say in the way that Nova is raised, then he needs to go to court. Nova is eight, I think. Seven or eight. Devon's still not on her fucking birth certificate. (laughs) Because she he's never gone to court to establish paternity. And the reason that he doesn't go to court is because he doesn't want court-ordered child support. And I think that Bree not going to court all of these years for court-ordered child support actually was, like, a huge help to Devon. Because she could have taken Devon to court, and if he wasn't paying child support, he would have gotten locked up. Got his license suspended, gotten locked up. Like, there are, there can be, not always, there can be pretty serious repercussions for not paying your child support. Now I know that there are hundreds of thousands, millions of parents that are so behind on child support and nothing ever happens to them. And I myself have thoughts on if suspending licenses for not paying child support is an effective means of punishment. This is a whole different conversation, right? But the reality is, is Brie not taking Devon to court for the last seven years for child support has actually been quite a generous favor for him. And people say that it's because she doesn't want to have to share custody with Devon. Let's be real. If Brie goes to court, she's not sharing custody. She's not, they're not, they're not getting 50-50 custody. The, Nova's already eight years old and Devon, Devon has barely been in her life. Devon would get set visitation. Yes. Maybe he would get joint legal custody. Maybe. Mm, I'd be kind of surprised. I would think that Bree would leave court with primary custody still. I'd be very surprised. And let's – I don't think Bree is really scared of having court-ordered visits. I think she just doesn't want them because it's annoying because Devon doesn't show up when Devon doesn't want to show up. So she doesn't want to have to deal with, like, him not showing up on his scheduled time. I get that. I think that Bree not going to court for child support for Devon for the last seven years has her been being extremely generous to Devon. I think she knows that Devon's not going to give her money anyway, so why bring the court into it? It's just going to make everything harder and messier. And I respect that person. Well, I don't really respect it. I think she should have taken him to court for child support when Nova was a baby. It's not that I respect it. I understand it. I'll say. So for Devon to get high and mighty that his mother's, his child's mother, when this child is seven or eight years old, is asking for $250 a month please. And I don't give a fuck if Brie's texting him when she's in Puerto Rico. Who fucking cares? So because, because Devon has less money than Brie, he shouldn't have to pay her? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And what does Brie going to Puerto Rico have to do with it? It do, Like It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely, it makes no sense. It doesn't, it, it's not rational. The way Brie spends her money is a different conversation. If Devon was giving Nova or giving Brie $1,000 a month for Nova and she still was like, I don't have any money, then we could talk. But she's asking for so little. And it's not that she can't afford it because she is affording it. I know she says in this episode in a text that all her money went in the house and she doesn't have any money. I don't truly believe that. I think that she does okay. Like, I think that she can afford. I would bet that she doesn't really have anything in savings, which, you know, welcome to America. I would bet that she lives pretty paycheck to paycheck, but I think that paycheck covers what it needs to cover. But Devon being like, I shouldn't have to pay because you make more money? Fuck no. You need to pay for your child, you fucking deadbeat. Devon is a deadbeat. Devon doesn't take Nova to gymnastics because he has to go to the mall. What? So please, please, if you are Devon's side. Actually, I'm not asking you to do anything. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And just because you think Devon is wrong doesn't mean you suddenly think Brie is a good person and she's a great mom and she's doing everything right. I, for one, I'm quite bored of this storyline and them going back and forth and, like, them fighting online all the time. I'm very bored of it. And I personally would like to see Brie go to court and Devon to get court-ordered visits and court order child support so we can stop fucking hearing about this and i think that brie needs to do that and it's not really fair that she has to do it but too fucking bad being a parent isn't fair and she needs to fucking go to court so that we can stop hearing about this so at least there's a court order in place but when it comes to who's right and who's wrong on devon paying child support of course devon is wrong he's a loser he hangs out with nova every once in a while Something's going on now where I guess he was picking Nova up from school every day and driving her home, and Brie made him stop because they're fighting online, which once again, like, I don't feel that bad for Devon. If you really, if you want a guaranteed presence in your child's life, go to court and get court-ordered visitation. Now, if he got ordered visitation and Brie wasn't sticking to the visitation schedule and the judge wasn't really enforcing it, that would be a totally different conversation. And I know that is something that happens. Like I know that a visitation schedule doesn't mean like, okay, everything's done. Everything's perfect. There's not going to be any issues. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that I have very little em- empathy, a very little sympathy for what Devon is going through here. So they get into this fight. Devon's in the car with his sister and they get into this fight because as soon as he's like, well, I can't take her. Of course, Br- <laughs> of course, Bree starts a fight because she's pissed and she's been sitting on this and she's pissed about it. And she's like, well, you need to give me money. And he's like, I can't believe you're asking me for money. He's sending her all these texts being like, fuck you. And as Devon says, she makes all these fucking decisions on her own salary. So what? Even if De- even if Nova wasn't doing gymnastics, She didn't do a single activity. She did nothing. She went to school and came home. He would still need to pay $250 a month. (laughs) What's being spent doesn't even factor into this because if no, if it would be one thing if Brie was asking for him to pay half of everything, then I would get it. Like if you want your ex to pay for all of or half of extracurricular activities, which is definitely a thing in uh, court orders or the non-custodial parent will have to pay for extracurriculars, then yeah, you do have to like have that conversation with that person to be like, can you afford this? Because Nova's gymnastics is, gymnastics is very expensive. And if she was asking Devon to pay for half of all that, I'd be like, yeah, he gets a say because it's his money. And he he can't do things that he can't afford like if you can't afford it he can't afford it that that would be fine but she's not asking for him to pay half of anything she's asking him to pay a bare minimum amount that if they went to court he would probably be ordered to pay more i mean he might be ordered to pay less there are some people that get away with paying like 105 25 a month what was stefan ordered Team Mom Young and Pregnant, $25 a week or some bullshit. Like, there are definitely people that get a very low child support amount. I'm not saying that it's guaranteed, but considering the fact that he works, I'm pretty sure he would probably be paying over $250 a month. So it doesn't matter what extracurriculars Nova's doing. They don't factor into this. All she's asking for is a little bit of money, a little bit of money so that her kid Like, so that she can have help raising her kid. And the fact that this child is seven years old and Devon has never paid child support, that's crazy. That's really, really crazy. I want to see something. So, Bree's only asking for $250 a month, which means over seven years, Devon would have paid $21,000. Which is not a ton. It's not a ton. But it's $21,000 that he has never paid. I mean, obviously, in one lump sum, it would be a ton. I don't... I'm not like, he doesn't have $21,000. What a broke bitch. No. But the fact that, like, she hasn't gone after this for seven years, he should be grateful for. And not for nothing, like, Louis is paying it. Louis, Louis is a fucking loser who can't even, like, say hi to his daughter, but he's still sending the money, at least. he She asked for the money and he sent it. It's more than she can say for Devon. So Devon gets mad And Brie's like, I don't have any money right now. All my money went into this house. If you'll remember, Brie bought this house in cash. So I could believe at this point that she is hurting, you know? Like if they if shit slowed down because of COVID shortly after she moved into this house around Thanksgiving, then COVID starts in March. Like I could see that she probably is hurting for money. And like if she spent all of that cash on that house. I get it. She probably is a little strapped for cash. I don't believe she's so strapped for cash, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that she might be exaggerating a little bit because she's mad at Devon. But he is like, okay, so you don't have any money and you just went and got a $15,000 body. What he's talking about is her her redo with Dr. Miami. Dr. Miami, you know, did her original surgery, if you'll remember, on the same day. He did kale and Brittany's. They got a three for one. (laughs) And then she got her body redone. Now, she got this for free, as she says. She's like, that was free. She posted a bill online showing that, like, there's a zero dollar balance. And some people are like, because she kind of X'd out a lot of stuff. And people are like, well, that doesn't prove anything. It just proves that she doesn't owe it. Guys, she let... Dr. Miami put her all over his Snapchat. If you'll remember, it was the most degrading shit I've ever seen in my life. He wrote on her back fat when she was under cardio and posted a picture of it on his Snapchat to talk shit about how much weight she had gained because she refused to work out. Like, Dr. Miami degraded her on Snapchat. She got that shit for free. Anybody that's going on Snapchat is getting that shit for free or Heavily reduced. Heavily reduced. Also, like, she should go and pay fifteen thousand dollars so she can get some better work done by a better surgeon that isn't fucking Doctor Miami, who's done a terrible job, who is not good. And so Devon is like ranting at his sister. He's like, "I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. She thinks I'm fucking stupid. She got a fifteen k body. I don't have anything for fifteen k. That's more. That's worth than my twenty twenty, which I could believe if he works in restaurants." That, you know, once the extra 600 unemployment was up, like, he, Devon is probably not making a ton of money. I definitely have empathy for him there. But at the same time, like, he needs to be paying for his kid. And if he's not going to pay for his kid, then he needs to do the things like fucking drive her to gymnastics. <laughs> like, this is why this set it off is because he didn't do what he agreed to do. <laughs> Oh, my God. He's such a dick. He's all hyped up. He goes to pick up Nova at school. She gets in the car. And Nova's obviously upset because she can tell that Devon is upset. He's still bitching about it. And Brie is pissed. Brie is really mad. The episode ends with her friend coming over and them talking outside. I did notice her friend was in a mask and Brie wasn't. I was like, oh, good for her. Good for her. But then I realized it was probably because MTV was there because I've read that Everyone that is filmed has to get a COVID test. And we saw in last week's episode, they all took tests before at Jade's house before MTV came in. And I know that there was an issue with Brie has a new boyfriend or had a new boyfriend. I don't know if they're still together. And she, oh, by the way, who is different than the secret Bay? I remember I was talking about, I was like, was that the secret guy? No, this guy was someone different. So she was throwing a fit that she didn't want her boyfriend to have to get tested to be around, but... I don't really know what ended up happening with that. That was when she was like, I quit. (laughs) which she's not quitting. She's not ever quitting. Oh, a point Brie makes is like, if you thought I was so fucking rich, why would I still be working my corporate job? Brie has always said, like, I don't get paid like those other girls do. She even tweeted something like, Jade and I don't get the same amount as them, which I believe. I bet Brie is making a decent amount of money now, but not anything close to what the main girls are making. She's probably making what they made in, like, season three, which, or season four, which is good, but it's not, you never have to work again or worry about anything again money like the girls are making now. I don't think she's making $500,000 a season is what I'm saying. I could believe she's making like one twenty five dollars a season, which please don't get me wrong. is great. But, you know, after taxes and this shit that she pays with her kids and it's like not, it's not life-changing money for her probably because she's a 1099 worker. So a lot of that gets taxed. And I'm sure it's really good, but it's not enough for her to comfortably live on without doing anything else, I guess is what she's saying, which is fair. And so Devon, like, he at one point says that he makes the same amount of money as Brittany. I think he said this on Instagram. He, I don't know if he said it there on the show. It all, It's all wrapped up in my head between what I see online and what was shown on the show. But he says something about, like, I'm getting paid at the same rate as Brittany. And it's like, Brittany's on the show more than you Brittany is around your kid more than you. <laughs> Brittany's with your kid every day and she's on this show every single episode. Yes, she gets the same, you get the same pay rate as her. I guess because he knows like the other original dads make the same, almost the same amount of money as the moms and he does not. But like he's not around. That's probably why. Because he's not around. Oh, the friend in the mask. I forgot What I wanted to say about that is I think the reason that that girl was in a mask is because she probably didn't test uh, for COVID would be my guess, which is why they're outside filming and she's wearing a mask. But yeah, that's Devon is such a dickhead. I really like going into this episode because I saw so many people online be like, you know what? I understand Devon's side. And so I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. I was like, what? He looks awful in this episode. I don't, I can't really wrap my head around somebody who watched that episode and watched him flip out a brief for asking for $250 a month can be on his side. Devon, you're a loser. You're a loser. He's a lo- I'm sorry, he's a loser. I'm glad for him that he's like, he got a car and he's getting his shit together. Like, that's great. But, like, you have a child that you do not take care of. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. One other thing, and I'm going to keep saying this, is I keep seeing online people being like, Brie's just mad because Devon doesn't want to fuck her. Brie's mad because Devon has a new girlfriend. Guys, Devon and Brie have not fucked in like 10 years. How, However old Nova is is when they stopped fucking. <laughs> Nine months before that. They weren't fucking during her pregnancy either. Like, Devon and Brie have not been together, and they have not been together in so, so, so long I really don't think Brie wants to fuck Devon. I really don't think so. She just, (laughs) Devon is like their deadbeat cousin. She does not seem interested in him at all. And remember, at one point he was living on her couch and she still did not seem interested in him. So that is not it. She just hates Devon. (laughs) She just hates him and always has. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, if you're interested in my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains, I have some good episodes. I did Scientology last week. I'm doing Welcome to Plathville this week, which whoo, I have thoughts on Welcome to Plathville. I cannot fucking wait to talk about that show. I love Welcome to Plathville. And then I'm also recording um, with Troy. We're going to do Miss Americana, Taylor Swift's documentary. I just bit my tongue doing that. Saying that. That's how I feel about Taylor Swift. We're recording that soon. I also am doing an episode on um Nikki and Gabby, Gabby Di from YouTube is having a big scandal. I'm recording that this week. So yeah, a lot of shit in the next few weeks. That's gonna be really good. So if you want, come on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. It's five dollars a month. And if you sign up now, you get access to I don't know, a million episodes. Every episode that I've done so far since March, and at one point I was doing five episodes a week, so. (laughs) There's a lot of fuck. maybe 80 episodes could be on there. A lot. There's a lot, a lot of episodes on there. So definitely go check that out. And once again, if you want to donate for Operation Santa, Venmo, or cash cash at me at BentleyLiz1, and that will go towards a good cause. Okay, have a good week, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.